Hi, friend. It's Brittany Moses and Ranella Kaligithi, and you're listening to Speaking Our Minds, the podcast that brings you honest and nuanced conversations around mental health, holistic wellness, and the real complexities of what it means to be human in the challenges of today's world, where we have fun, fascinating, and meaningful discussions around how to live a more insightful, connected, and whole life from the inside out. Joined by guest professionals, thought leaders, and some of my friends and those with lived experience. As always, we ask that you keep in mind that the views and opinions shared here are respectively held by each individual and is not a substitute for professional care or an alternative to seeking personal help from your clinician or provider and is ours to discern. We're so glad you're here. Follow the conversation on Instagram at Speaking Our Minds Pod and sit with us because we're diving in. This podcast episode is brought to you by WeShare by UHSM, a unique healthcare membership on a mission to create holistic wellness for the mind, body, and spirit. I'm honored to partner with UHSM and its community of faithful members. Together, we plan to create more awareness and programs around mental health and the role it plays in our overall balanced health. If you or someone you know is frustrated with their current health care, I encourage you to inquire about membership options at www.weshare.org or call 1-800-900-8476. Welcome to another episode of the Speaking Our Minds podcast. This is Brittany, and today is a solo episode with me. So you're stuck with me. And thanks so much for spending your time here with me today. You guys, this is episode 100. I just, wow, I can't even believe it. I started this podcast seven years ago. I just looked today and our first episode was on August 5th, 2017. And when I started the podcast, which was originally the Faith and Mental Wellness podcast, I really just wanted to create a space and a resource to further discuss some of the questions and challenges that were coming up all the time from folks in my inbox and DMs and in life with friends and in my community. And not only did many of the same types of conversations keep coming up, but I figured if one person's going through something, it's likely that many more of us are too. And I figured this could be a way to kind of collectively hash out some of these mental health issues and also share some of the insights that I was learning and passionate about with my own psychology studies. And along the way, not only have I learned so much and progressed so much both personally and academically since I started this, but I got to meet some really cool people doing some really cool work. So I'm super grateful for that. And now having Ranella as a fellow co-host with me here and the rebranding of Speaking Our Minds has honestly made it so much fun and so fulfilling. And we're so excited about the conversations we get to have here. We really do look forward to showing up in this space and hearing from you all as well. So that being said, this month we are shifting into the theme of relationships. Pretty fitting for February with Valentine's and Galentine's Day coming up. But we really want to focus on the various aspects of relationships, including our relationship with ourself, relationships with others, friendships platonically, and we'll also get into the tea of dating and romantic relationships for sure. But I'm here to kick us off with a conversation about our relationship with ourselves today, specifically about 
building a secure sense of self. I think there are so many themes that tie into this topic when thinking about all the ways that we may have been conditioned to disconnect from ourselves over the years, from people pleasing to trauma responses to cultural narratives about who we think we should be to being in maybe indoctrinations and ideologies that told us that we couldn't trust ourselves or really know ourselves and always needed an outside source or authority figure to depend on. That the answers are always out there and never in here. So why wouldn't we constantly doubt our own thoughts, choices, and instincts if this is how we've lived? And so today I want to help rebuild that connection because in order to set better boundaries and to build a life that's truer to who we are, to live out our convictions and values and prioritize what matters most in life, to some extent, we have to have that clarity within ourselves first. So we can begin to embody that from the inside out. This is how we live in honesty, friends. This is how we live in integrity where our outside matches our inside. I'm talking about living in congruence, feeling at peace with ourselves and settled in our soul and being able to look in the mirror and be truly satisfied with who we are and the person we're becoming and loving that person. Not because you're perfect, but Because you've been with yourself through this journey since the beginning for a long time and you've encountered so much and you've had to bounce back from so much and you've grown and evolved in so many ways and you're still here taking every part of you forward with everything you've been through and everything you've learned and that's a freaking beautiful thing. Please don't underestimate or undervalue that. That's a beautiful thing. Your complexity is what's beautiful about you and what's unique about you. So let's lean into this. So for starters, I don't think we can talk about having a secure sense of self without talking about this concept of differentiation. And in psychology, the term differentiation is usually associated with Murray Bowen's family systems theory, where Bowen introduced the idea of differentiation of self, which really refers to a person's ability to separate their own thoughts and feelings from those of, you know, their family of origin or, you know, the family around them. So healthy differentiation is really the balance between connection and personal autonomy. It's when we're able to engage in meaningful relationships with others while also maintaining our own sense of self, our own convictions, our own thoughts, our own values, right? It's those emotional boundaries. Some of us didn't even know that this was a thing or that there was even a language for this because we've come from maybe families or households or communities that were highly enmeshed and there really wasn't space to kind of separate yourself as an individual with your own thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. And so with healthy differentiation, it's being connected to others while also remaining deeply connected to ourselves and the wisdom and discernment that also lives within us. So what does that look like? It looks like being able to actively listen and hear from others while still being able to have and express our own thoughts and convictions and personal values. It looks like, you know, being able to value those meaningful connections without losing your identity or your personality or the way that you're wired. Um, 
It looks like being able to accept and respect difference in others without automatically feeling threatened by that difference, right? Seeing other people as an equal human being who's allowed to have their own autonomy just like you are. Like I said, some of us may have come from backgrounds and communities where this wasn't really allowed, right? Belonging was dependent on total conformity. In order to receive love, praise, and acceptance, you must be, think, and sound just like us or kind of risk this ostracism, even if it's just like a social ostracism or disconnection. But unity and conformity are not the same thing. I always say this, some people say that they're practicing unity, but they're really practicing conformity. Conformity says in order to be shown love and belonging, you have to assimilate. It's kind of the erasure of our individualities. But unity, on the other hand, says we are whole when we bring our individual differences together. It's inclusion. We, we all add something to the table when we bring our full selves And you can tell when someone's a well-differentiated person because they tend to feel like a safer space, right? Because they have respect for themselves and respect for others. You know, they won't force themselves on you. And your relationship won't be dependent on thinking and believing all the same things. They're not controlling and they leave space for your own process just as they do for their own. I really believe that this is a form of mental, emotional, and social maturity, But I think this is going to take some unlearning for some of us. Um, I'm unlearning some core beliefs that we don't and can't know ourselves, right? That other people know better about who we should be and what we should be doing. And that we can't trust our own convictions or instincts unless they are confirmed by another person, right? It's rebuilding this self-trust. And I want to make sure I talk about this in a nuanced way because nothing is all or nothing, right? Um, This doesn't mean that it isn't valuable or wise to bounce things off of someone who maybe has more experience or more insight in some way and to, you know, receive feedback from others and then really take some time to reflect and think about if this resonates for you, if this is fitting for you. And this is where the differentiation comes in, right? I'm able to receive from others while also checking in with myself and being in tune with myself too. And why is this important? Gosh, I think of so many breakdowns that can happen in someone's life when they are not connected um, to themselves. Uh, The most obvious one that comes to mind is that this is how manipulation and abuse takes place. Um, A person is, is able to better and more easily manipulate and abuse someone who is disconnected from themselves. Because when you can no longer trust your own instinct that something isn't right or doesn't feel right or aren't able to receive like messages from your body that something something isn't right here and you don't trust yourself and you don't trust your own thoughts and your own experience then that is what a perpetrator is able to use to take any trust off of yourself and put all trust on themselves 
and kind of use that for their own manipulation and gain. And of course, not everyone does this, but there are many cases where this happens um, often because there is a conditioning that has taken place where a person is made to believe that it's either immoral to even think of trusting themselves or having any type of like self-centered activity or practice (laughs) or just that, you know, it's something that they can't do because there's like a knowing beyond themselves that they can't conceive of, of that they can't understand that they need, you know, another person, another authority to rely on to get it right. Now, are there some things that are beyond our understanding? Sure. There are lots of things, but again, it's not all or nothing. There are also many things that are within our understanding if we're willing to kind of pay attention to the signs and messages that we are sensing within us. Another reason why this healthy differentiation is important relates to kind of something we've talked about throughout this podcast, and that is the socially constructed self. We may find ourselves building a life, building a personality, building everything around a socially constructed self that isn't really us. The socially constructed self is really all of the parts of us that we build our life around because it's what we think others expect from us. It's what we think other people want from us. It's what gives us maybe external praise and validation and belonging and all these things, maybe opportunities, but it's not really like who we are or what we want to be doing or what's true to our nature or our values. It's kind of the idea that we climbed up the ladder to find out that it was leaning against the wrong wall the whole time. And this is kind of what leads people into, you know, a midlife crisis or even a quarter life crisis when they realize this whole time for years, they've been something that they're not. They've been people pleasing. They've been masking. They've been making choices and decisions based off of everyone else and what they thought they should be doing either because other people were doing it or saying that they should do it. And they come to find out that it's not really them. And they kind of are then kind of deconstructing parts of their life and reconstructing parts of their life that is more true to, you know, who they are. And that's okay because that's also just a part of life. I think that we're going to be doing for kind of all of our lives as we change and grow and get to know ourselves better and grow in more understanding of the world around us as well. I actually highly recommend after this episode going back and listening to episode 96 with my friend Jen Wolf on the power of living from your truest self where we kind of talk more about this concept. So how do we get clear about ourselves when we've been conforming around other people for so long? Honestly, for me, I think it's helpful to just start making lists, like literally in my journal, making lists about what are your core values in life that you want to guide you. You know, some of mine are, I don't have to be perfect to show up, or it's okay to shift and evolve. Or, every human being is worth basic dignity and respect regardless of our differences. Maybe yours is, my family and my household always comes first. Right? What are those values? Because these will also be the basis of the boundaries that you create to protect these values and build your life around. Also consider making lists of the things that you really enjoy, the things that genuinely bring you joy and give you that spark and they don't have to be productive or have an end result or outcome. You just love existing in these things. Uh, 
make a list of the things that you honestly really don't like but keep forcing on yourself right like why do that life is already hard enough (laughs) give or take there's always going to be things in life that we don't love doing that we have to do but there are some things in life that we're trying to make fit and make work around us either because someone else is doing it a certain way and it's just not us right and I think just getting really honest about that the things that we don't really like the things that aren't really us and being willing to release those things you're going to feel so much freer Um, listing the qualities and personality traits that have always been a part of you maybe before the world told you the type of person you should be and look and sound like maybe you've always been a little quirky you know or stood out more but feared being too much or you've always been a little bit more sensitive to people and life and that is a beautiful thing but maybe it was perceived as weakness so you felt like you had to you know get colder put on tougher skin um, and build these defenses you know I want you to consider reintegrating and valuing these parts of your organic nature because you're gonna thrive most in the way that you're wired and and also that's what's gonna be um, the biggest gift to those around you are these natural ways that you exist and that are parts of you and your personality I would even encourage making lists about the things that you're deeply unsure of but keep going with in order to keep up appearances and give yourself permission to really reflect on why the ambiguity might be there. It might be your instinct telling you something or that something is not aligned here. So those are just kind of some prompts and ways to get started thinking about how to reconnect with those truer parts of you because I really do believe and have seen in my own life that it is actually that self-trust of really knowing yourself knowing who you are knowing who you aren't knowing what your values are knowing what you live by that's what gives that confidence um, and that's what gives that security that secure sense of self because you're pretty clear on maybe not everything in your life but you're clear about the basics that drive you and the basics and the foundations and the raw materials of who you are and you can trust to rely on yourself for those things and when thinking of being able to rely on ourselves I also think that a secure sense of self comes from being our own safe place right? Um, For many of us, especially those of us who are kind of people pleasers or have been people pleasers, we really know how to anticipate other people's needs. We're kind of more sensitive to people. Maybe we're empaths, you know, and we can kind of maybe predict what people need. And so we know how to be that safe space for other people. And now I want to encourage you to shift and learn how to become a safe space for yourself. For some of us, our inner voice when we face challenges or difficulties or make mistakes is really a voice of high criticism and judgment and shame, almost as if we're going to like nobody, nobody shames themselves into healing. Nobody shames themselves into recovery, right? Um, Ranella did a great episode on kind of letting go of self-hatred, which I really encourage taking a listen. Um, 
And so when I'm talking about caring for ourselves, it's it's knowing that when we go through these things, when we go through rejection, when we go through hurt, when we go through mistakes, we know that we are going to take care of ourselves, you know, when these things happen. I think about the idea of reparenting ourselves, and that can sound kind of strange um, when you first hear the idea, especially if you're not familiar with it, but reparenting is really giving yourself what you needed or what you need and caring for ourselves through tension, through hard times. Um, it's kind of a therapeutic process where we try to provide ourselves with the care, support, and nurturing that maybe, you know, you didn't get during your early upbringing. You know, the emotional support, the validation, the positive guidance during your formative years, which can really impact our emotional well-being and self-esteem later in life if we didn't have those things. So reparenting is cultivating a compassionate and nurturing internal dialogue and engaging in self-care that really addresses those unmet emotional needs for ourselves. And this could be really beneficial for those of you who have experienced neglect, um, emotional deprivation, or kind of this inconsistent caregiving growing up. And so the goal is to create a healthier and more supportive relationship with yourself. And I think this is an important skill because you are going to be living with yourself for the rest of your life, no matter who comes and goes around you. So while relationships and community can be a vital part of emotional well-being, and I found it to be really important, especially in those times where I can't see myself to have those voices of support around me, um, but it's also going to be important to know how to care for yourself when things get challenging. Honestly, it's as simple as that shift from how could you do that? What were you thinking? You're so dumb to it's okay. I got you. It's all right. We're going to get through this. It's okay. You're human. You are allowed to be imperfect and we're going to learn from this. We're going to grow from this, right? You are so good at being able to hold space for other people. I want you to hold that same space for yourself become your safe space. This builds a secure sense of self because it's a kind of resilience. It's a gentle resilience, but it's a resilience to be able to look at yourself and know that no matter what happens, at the end of the day, you're going to take care of yourself and you're going to do what you need to do to get yourself back on solid ground. Mentally, emotionally, physically, even if it takes time, you're going to care for yourself through it to know that at the end of the day, I got me. I got me. Now, to bring nuance back into this conversation, we're currently talking about a specific part of relationships, and that's our relationship to self. However, I am thinking about this in the context of our other relationships, right? This is a foundational part of ourselves and our way of living and being that is in conjunction with our other relationships in our lives, right? So I really believe that this is what helps create a whole sense of self, right? We have our relationships that are supportive, that we can lean on and receive from and bounce things off of, but then we also have that relationship with ourselves that we can also rely on. And so having that healthy differentiation, having them all of this holistically is, is all a part of the picture here. 
what I am not talking about is a hyper independence on self of like, I can only trust me, can't trust nobody, can't rely on nobody, can't depend on nobody. That is not a philosophy or a value that I personally agree with. I do believe that we are meant to do life with other humans um, and that we are better off collectively. I believe that it's a central part of our well-being. I believe that there is research and science that backs that up as well. Um, So just want to keep that in mind as I'm talking about a sense of self and building a sense of self. I am talking about it in the context of having this well-roundedness of of being in relationship with others as well because I, I think that's very important too. Now, let's talk a little bit about self-acceptance because I also believe that that is a big part of the equation of having a secure sense of self and having a healthy relationship with ourselves. And if we do that, I think we need to talk about what self-acceptance does and doesn't mean. Just to kind of clarify, um, self-acceptance doesn't mean that we think we're perfect and we can do no wrong, right? Self-acceptance doesn't mean we're not open to feedback from those who care for us. It doesn't mean that we're overlooking our needed areas of growth. Self-acceptance doesn't mean that we're justifying harmful or destructive behavior toward ourselves or others. Self-acceptance also doesn't mean that we're being complacent and, you know, settling for a stagnant or unfulfilling life and just kind of be like, yeah, well, I just accept whatever happens and really just not try for anything in our lives. Um, But self-acceptance does mean that it's giving ourselves permission to change and grow, especially as we learn more about ourselves and the world around us. It's accepting that we won't be perfect all the time, every time, and letting ourselves be adaptable to grow as we go. Letting ourselves show up imperfectly, letting ourselves be learners, you know, um, self-acceptance is understanding that we also won't always cope perfectly, right? As we're trying to get through things, like we know we should be doing better, but we're not really, but we're also still just trying to survive and we're trying to do the best that we can Um, and being compassionate with that. um, I believe self-acceptance is also when we stop trying to fix ourselves, right? Like seeing ourselves from a constant deficit, that there is always something wrong with us and really to instead start caring for ourselves instead of seeing ourselves as something to be fixed, seeing ourselves as a human being to be cared for and like we said earlier caring for ourselves through tension and through really difficult things um i think it also means accepting the parts of ourselves that didn't always get it right or are no longer like us but still got us here right we might be looking back on parts in ourselves on parts of ourselves and kind of guilting or or shaming ourselves for who we were or what we believed or the things that we did and so we try to reject those parts of ourselves and we try to forget them but I really think it's important to integrate all of those parts of ourselves forward because at the end of the day it was still us right because it, it was us that got ourselves here too we eventually got here um 
but also there there's something vital that we learned in every part of us that that grew us um, and that we learned about ourselves. And so I think it's really important to integrate those understandings. So accepting those parts of ourselves as a whole. Also, a big part of self-acceptance, especially thinking about social media and the world around us in general, is not comparing ourselves to others and accepting the way that we're wired, our interests, our passions, and the ways that we function. I think there are a lot of things online with influencers and various voices about you know how to have the perfect morning routine or how to do the perfect workout or you know whatever it is about how we should show up in the world or the things that we should do or the routines that we should have and maybe it doesn't always work with us maybe because of our situation or the season of life that we're in or it just isn't fitting to us it doesn't work for us it just doesn't bring us any joy we're not wired that way really being able to accept like hey that's that works for them but that's not me right like I have more of a type b personality and so many times I've tried to take on type a habits and tendencies and they don't stick because I just need a little bit more flexibility and creative flow and more space um for things and a little bit less rigidity um, because that actually makes me feel um, kind of trapped in some way and it it just it doesn't feel it doesn't feel good to me so thinking about that and just accepting hey this is how I'm wired especially for those of us who are neurodivergent um, you know I have ADHD there are other types of neurodivergency where your brain literally just is wired and functions differently and so your life is going to look different and the way that you operate and put certain t- ways of functioning around your life that works for you um, to accept that and it doesn't mean something's wrong with you it's just how you are instead of wishing we were different or wishing we were more like someone else that's always going to put us in a in a cognitive dissonance of kind of self-hatred you know and I feel like deep down our body can can feel that constant dissonance that we're living in with ourselves and so really integrating our entire identity into a whole comes from accepting all of the parts of ourselves not as something broken not as something that needs to be fixed but as something that needs to be cared for all right so let's just take a deep breath here and really kind of let everything sink in you know I think that we take in so much information especially with podcasts especially with the internet and we're just flooded with hyper information that doesn't kind of stick with us that we never really fully integrate and practice and so I just want to take a moment of pause for all of that to sink in because a big part of actually living and applying everything that we're talking about here like staying connected with ourselves in relationship to ourselves and this being a way of life this being a way of of existing of showing up in the world with that security with that groundedness with that confidence actually takes a certain amount of slowing down and we had a whole episode on this with Carl Honore on the power of slowing down in a culture of speed And the reason is because it all comes back down to really being checked in with our identity 
and checking in with ourselves regularly. And it takes some slowing down to do that. If we are going, 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 then we're kind of living on autopilot. And, and of course, we're going to, you know, people please and conform to those around us and live from a state of reaction instead of a state of intention about who we really are and what's most important and how we're going to show up and what we're going to say no to, right? Um, and that could look like journaling. Journaling is a great way to slow down, especially if you're forced to kind of write. Some people don't like their handwriting, so you could type it, you could voice memo it, but really journaling for the day um, therapy is a place where you are kind of forced to slow down and really focus on some inner work Um, also I like to encourage noticing who you are in safe relationships in the relationships where you feel safe that's probably where your truest self shows up and so really paying attention to how you show up in these relationships and how does that feel different from the times when you are masking and performing in certain spaces and I think there is always going to be some level of of masking (laughs) through society um, as we are you know not living in a void but we are living with other humans and there has to be some some sense of cohesiveness for a society to work and function Um, but just just being just being honest and being aware and cognizant of the difference and you knowing that difference for yourself so that you can actually practice what it feels like to be yourself in relationship in those safe relationships to then carry over to other relationships maybe you need to practice being your fully se- your full self in these safe relationships first recognize what that looks and feels like as an indicator and then try to carry that over to your other relationships and areas of life and leaning on those safe relationships for support as you are you're doing so and maybe facing some fear and anxiety Um, so just something to think about really practically there but really going back to the need to slow down for all of this A big way that I personally connect with God is through nature because I think nature is pure in its essence. It's going to be what it is naturally. Even as I was walking for my morning walk this morning, unrushed and unhurried, I watched the clouds float by and the trees sway and the birds soar through the sky and what I love about nature is that it's just going to be and do what it's meant to do even without the touch or influence of man it's organic it's going to be what it is and it's going to do what it's meant to do a flower is going to bloom maybe on its own time but it's going to naturally unfold a bird is going to fly without judgment It's what it's made to do. A fish is going to find its community and swim. It doesn't need a sermon on the importance of community. It's hardwired and they follow that instinct. Now, I'm aware that as humans, we have more complex functions and brains that allow us to think and organize and conceptualize things more like shame or pressure or feelings of failure or motivation. But nature reminds us that we're a part of something bigger. A whole ecosystem, not just an ecosystem of nature, but of humanity and being a part of an ongoing history with everyone who's ever lived, a part of a collective. And 
I like this bigness because it makes me feel a little more secure with being small, with focusing on the core things of life, because the world will keep going if we're honest. And I don't need to perform and hustle to earn my worth or approval. Like life is so much bigger than all of that. And I know I'm getting all existential here. and This is just my brain. But I really believe that sometimes to go deeper and truer, we actually need to simplify our thinking. Questions like, what felt right today? What felt off? What brought me genuine joy? What brought my mood down? You know, it's the simple act of slowing down to pay attention. Because as long as hustle culture, you know, can keep you outside of yourself and living outside of yourself, it can kind of keep you, it it kind of turns you into a productivity machine. Like we're all just kind of operating like machines. And sometimes we have to set an example for ourselves of a new kind of way of living. And maybe, just maybe, as a byproduct, you might also set an example for others or for your children, or for those around you, of how to live a deeply connected and in touch and honest life of integrity. And I think that's needed now more than ever in a culture of hustle and performance and speed. I actually believe having a healthy relationship with yourself and living in authenticity is your gift to the world. Because when you do that, You give other people permission to live in honesty and in integrity and to slow down and live a life deeply rooted in a sense of value. And that's kind of what I want to round all of this out to. The fact that going into life self-aware impacts all of our relationships. Being self-aware allows us to communicate more effectively and clearly in our relationships. It allows us to be more empathetic towards others and understanding our own emotions and experiences can make it easier to relate and understand the experiences and perspectives of others. It also helps us deal better with conflict resolution because we can better communicate our needs and our feelings more constructively. Additionally, you know, self-awareness allows us to identify and communicate our personal boundaries effectively and being able to build healthier relationships on mutual respect. You know, it allows us to, again, have authenticity that fosters genuine connections and allows for um, more meaningful and fulfilling relationships it leads to personal growth which can encourage growth and learning in in our relationships as well and that respect for differences into a more inclusive um, approach for our relationships no matter where people are in life and so I, I say all of this to say that this healthy relationship with ourself is absolutely important for our personal you know mental and emotional and spiritual well-being 
um, but it, it extends out to these other relationships in our life, whether it's platonically in our friendships or romantically in our relationships or marriages or with our partners. Um, and so it really is foundational. And I'm so glad that you've taken the time to hear me out and to um, entertain this discussion with me and its importance as we move through other aspects of relationships in the coming month. So be sure to stay tuned and I will be back with Renella next episode. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, let's continue the conversation and stay connected on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, all linked in the show notes below. Let us know your thoughts or leave a review on the podcast. Your feedback really does mean so much to us. Until next time.